We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. Thud, 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 thud. <laughs> Boomerang. Boom. Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Alert, alert, we have a new mock draft. I repeat, we have a new mock draft. <laughs> How's that taste, Luke? I thought you were hitting the panic button. But I guess you're not. No, I'm not hitting the panic button right there. We just thought we'd give you a, I don't know, a new way to blow your face off. I feel like I'm when waking up right it. now. I feel like yeah. my alarm's going off and this the first hour was a dream. Boy, that wouldn't be a bad idea right there. This as your alarm? Yeah. Wake How long up does in this a go? shock go and a start. How many people right now wake up before the alarm goes off? Are Just on go edge ahead right now. and raise your hand. You before always, the alarm. yes, before the alarm. Sometimes I did today. Oh my! It's always I. Just once, Mason Ornings, I want the alarm to sound. And I go, whoa! I start coming out of. Uh, no, uh, you don't. Yes, you don't. Really? It, it sucks. You don't want that. Why? There's a sweet spot. It beats where, like, waking up at 3.30 in the morning. Well, yes, that's the other. Yes, thank <laughs> that, you. That's not good either. But you want to, like, if you're waking up at, I don't know, 7, you kind of want to just naturally wake up at, like, 6.57. That's a good spot. If you wake up at, like, 6.40, you're like, yes, I still have 21 yeah. minutes. It's going to take me too long to fall asleep. If you wake up at 3. No. Uh, that you're I'm waking screwed. up hours before. Thank no, you. No, you don't want to do that. Yes. I'll just set your alarm Sucks a lot earlier. Milk. Just so you know. Okay. I, I don't, I mean, I've done it before. I just don't. Have you ever had buttermilk? No. It's awful. No. It really Based is. Based on context clues, I'm assuming it's <laughs> you, not good. You, it's just bad base and earnings. Don't even try it. Don't. Trust me on this. Don't uh, Don't try buttermilk. All right. That's our Even with service. Frank's hot sauce, it's barf Whoa. material. Okay. Even Frank's hot sauce can't save it? Yes. Okay. Uh, that sounder that you heard apparently means Mel Kuyper has a new mock draft. In fact, it is his first of the draft season. So are you ready for it? I am ready for okay. it. I'm just going to read the whole thing. No. no I'm not. Uh, I will read you the top three picks, though. He has Chicago taking Jalen Carter, Carter at number one. Wow. Jalen Carter. Number yes. one. Mel. That's... Does that really shock you? No. Okay. <laughs> because do you know why, though? No. Well, well, I am shocked a little bit because this is a mock draft. Yes. And it is a little early. What, what is it? It's January, isn't it? Not? It's, yeah, it's roughly it's January. January, roughly, yeah. right now. And the mock draft is out. And, of course, we all know April is the draft. Yes. Um, and Jalen Carter, number one. Interesting. I, I know these things change, and, and they change too much once like the combine happens. But I don't feel like the very top of the draft is going to change a ton this year. The order will. But I, like, I feel like Mel Kuyper Jr.'s next mock draft, whatever that is, and then the, the one after that, I feel like it's going to be the same collection of players at the top. It's just they might be in a little bit of a different order. Yeah, but once again, why do you think he had Jalen Carter number one base on audience? Because he saw that uh, Fletcher Cox comp that we were reading yesterday. <laughs> because he totally understands the most dominant force in the football universe is a dominant three technique. It is. Well, he's got him first. I mean, I think realistically, if the Bears keep that pick, they're either taking Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. Okay, I think we all agree with that. Okay. Now, maybe they trade the pick. But if they keep that pick, they're taking Carter or Will Anderson. He has Houston at number two. I kind of like this. Taking C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young. 
Man, um, boy, that is a roll of the dice right there. But I it is, is, is one of them really that far ahead of the other? It, I, I think mentally Bryce Young is that far ahead of C.J. Stroud. Um, I think that he is just based on some of the reports that I've heard and watching C.J. Stroud as well. I think Bryce Young might actually be um, mentally more developed in terms of adjusting to the pro game. So, yeah, that's kind of a surprise to me. Well, he has Stroud, too, and then he has the Cardinals at number three taking Will Anderson. Will Anderson. All right, good. Sold. That's good enough. I, I like Will Anderson. If it's Jalen Carter, hey, if it's Jalen Carter, I'm okay with that. I'm not going to be upset if it's Jalen Carter, but I find myself wanting Will Anderson. And kind of have since day one. You want that dominant, off-the-edge guy. You day want that guy that changes everything. Where an offensive coordinator suddenly says, we've got to, we've got to account for this guy right here yeah. on every play. Or he is going to mess us up. I, I think... And I know that we're going to talk about this a lot in the coming months because we have a sounder for it now, so it makes it official. <laughs> but I feel like as long as they either take Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, or trade the pick for a lot, I'm going to be able to get on board. It's it's some of these mocks where you see, like, oh, the Cardinals at number three. Well, they took this guy that's uh, 17th on draft board. Like, no, no, no. Either take Will Anderson or Jalen Carter or trade the pick. And we know that Monty Austin Fort comes from an environment where they like to trade the pick and trade down and get a lot more picks. That's what New England has done for years and years. So if he does that, then that's his thing, and he's playing to his strength, and I'll be fine with that. But if they stay at number three, just don't overthink it. Take one of these two guys. They might both be there. At least one of them is going to be there. I'm so glad you brought that up with Monty Austin Ford, of course, in his 15 years with the New England Patriots and three years with Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans because I'm sure uh, Vrabel has got the same approach on a lot of this stuff and the same mentality, but trading down and collecting more good football players. Maybe not a guy that is um, the best of the best in terms of talent, looking at him and saying he's the most talented. I cannot tell you, Basin Ornitz, how many most talented guys I've played with in my career. Oh my goodness. How, how, How many guys were the most talented I played against in my career? And I, I'd, I'd pick that guy to play against any day as opposed to some walk-on who was out there actually playing out of pure desperation. Um, there are so many guys that are incredibly talented who don't have the toughness inside. They don't have it. you got to find guys that have both. And a lot of times, okay, maybe he doesn't have the extreme talent that somebody else has, but doggone it, he's going to fight you to the ground with blood under his nails. He's going to get it, and he's going to do it every play. Play after play after play after play in your face, and he'll get up and do it again. That, that is the kind of guy you need to find. Maybe not the most talented, and all the bling and all the flash. Isn't that right, Bill Belichick? But a guy that is good enough, who's got the talent to be successful, who goes out there, and you are going to have to metaphorically bash his head in before he gets off the ground and tries to drive you into the ground again. Find those guys. That's why the Patriots trade down and collect. Been doing it for years. Well, uh, to round out the top five for Mel Kuyper, he has Bryce Young going to the Colts at four. And he has Seattle taking Will Levis. Good. Send that mayonnaise drinker to Seattle. Man, I 
kind of angry right there. Like the coffee capital of the world. He can if he shows up in Seattle putting mayonnaise and coffee. Yeah, they will be sending him to Portland. Right, I can tell you that right now. There's not a team in Portland. I don't want Seattle. This isn't about athletes, Luke. This is about football players. Sometimes it feels like we're having two different conversations. I know. I think they come together. I like that. Uh, as the coaching carousel continues around the National Football League, who will be the first domino to fall? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. It was a, an aggressive break. Now we're just kind of slowing things down for the actual on-air thing. What do you got going on over there? It's it like lyrics. Well, yeah, he was. I already heard Lane State. I, I did not hear it. There we go. He already said Wood. I did not have. I did not have my headset on. Okay, that's, that's not. That's not Allison Chains. Well, I'm just saying right now. This is this is one of the beautiful songs of Allison Chains right here, and it gets you ready for a game as well. Right now, how you doing, Basinonians? The Wolf and Luke Show broadcasting so you don't have to. Does anyone want to ball out? How about you, Lane? All right, let's get into the uh, the coaching search around the National Football League. Okay, I got some okay. updates for you. Yeah. Really, I only have one. Uh, the Panthers are going to conduct a second interview today with former Colts coach Frank Reich. <sighs> okay, Frank. You know what? Good for you, Frank. That second interview right there. So the first interview, they must have said, man, this guy, I like this guy. Yeah, this, guy this guy's not, not a, jerk. a jerk at all by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination. I could actually work with him. I think I could work. That's what the first interview's got to be all about, right? He got the are you a jerk interview out of the way. That's it he right passed. there. Are, he's not a jerk. I actually like him. Wouldn't mind having dinner with him. So Good funny. conversationalist. He's 61. I know that based on what you said last week. That yeah, was your, he is. Uh, I brought he, up he Frank 61. Like, I think he's 61. Let me Google that. You did. He was what 61. What up, Frank? Okay, uh, that's cool. I'm, I'm happy. I hope so he gets a gig. I would assume other teams now don't need to go through the Are You a Jerk interview because Carolina has signed off on him not being a jerk. Yes. Also, anybody that watched Hard Knocks last season knows Frank Reich is like the nicest guy in the world. He really is. Great dude. So now you look at this and you've got Carolina, you've got Indianapolis, You've got Houston, you've got Denver, and you've got the Cardinals. None of them have hired a coach. Why do you think that is? I don't. I, I thought. <laughs> Why? I thought it was everybody waiting on the Sean Payton domino to fall, and maybe that's it. And if that's the case, they're going to have to wait at least another day because it seems like Sean Payton is intent on talking to the Cardinals because that second interview with Denver that was supposed to be today got delayed. And now he's talking to the Cardinals tomorrow. That is so, it really is. That is creepy because, first of all, it is all about Sean Payton. I'm sorry. He is the first domino. That's one of the reasons. I, there, there is no other explanation but right that now. that doesn't mean he's the first guy to get a job, right? It's all about Sean Payton, but somebody else could get hired today. Some other team might be like, we're not getting Payton. We're yes. done with this. We're going to hire right, Exactly. That's what I think it is, though. It's about Sean Payton and his availability. It's got to be that. Two weeks and no coaching vacancy has been filled. People are starting to write about this thing. They're, they're starting to report on it. The fact that two weeks and there has been no movement. And there's only five teams that are out there. Oh, well, I, and I also think that, that team waiting in the wings, too. Yes, but I also think that might have something to do with it, Luke. 
If you had eight teams that were out there, nine teams, like yeah. some years we've seen. Last year. Now, all of a sudden, you you might be, we, we got to pull the trigger quick on this. Let's go. If we want to get our guy, we got to get him. And I, and I think everyone is just kind of, you know, hey, let's just feel our way around here. There's a lot of good candidates that are out there right now. It's one of the reasons, too, why I think Dan Quinn surfaced a little bit later as a guy that's, hey, Dan Quinn. The name came up, and I think we all thought Dan Quinn a retread. Initially, yeah. I mean, that's that's the first thing you think because there are so many guys in these coaching searches where it's like, oh, here's a guy that the perception is failed somewhere else, right? But if you take a closer look at Dan Quinn, I would argue, yes, I mean, the ultimate failure is blowing a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl. I get that to yeah. Tom Brady. But in general, that's a guy that's capable of getting you to the Super Bowl. That's and probably not going to blow a 28-3 to lead again. I mean, I would take this right now. If you told me, hey, the Cardinals next season are going to get to the Super Bowl, they're going to have a 28-3 to lead, and they're going to lose it. I would prefer that yeah. than the they might win five games. Why weren't you running the ball on every play? Well, I would hope so, lesson learned. Do you think? Exactly. I would hope. Exactly. Yeah. That's to your point, obviously. I Listen, it, it is... It is something unexpected for me. I I thought there was going to be some kind of movement, especially with the Denver Broncos. And that's what makes this whole thing fascinating. The fact that Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos seem like to fit like a glove. If that were the case, I think he'd already be there. I know. See, now why is he not there? And oh, by the way, he had uh, a meeting that was scheduled with them, a second interview, as a matter of fact, that was delayed. And I don't think Denver's delaying that meeting, do you? And that should have happened tonight, correct? Yeah, but they, nobody said who delayed the meeting, but let's just play some logic here. I don't think Denver's being like, ah, let's delay that meeting. Sean, why don't you go meet with Arizona while we decide? Don't you think that well, was Sean minute, Payton though. saying, I'm going to delay See, this meeting? You know what? Yeah, I thought that That's, until you just said it. Well, it's not good. That's and looking at the, the, the look on your face right now, the way you just, just listen to what you just said about, you know, yeah, it felt that way until Denver said, hey, we're going to let you go meet with Arizona because we want to be the last team that meets with you. See? And this is where I, 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 I was looking at it. Okay. I think Payton you said, think, hold why? on. Why? Where's your evidence? I, well, where it's, uh, I put it to you, here. Luke. It's, uh, I left it in the newsroom. Where's your evidence right on that? You're just speculating. Yes, of 100%. course. <laughs> That's my entire job description. Speculate, period. How about this? This is Mike Triplett on with Burns and Gambo yesterday. And this, you said that like you had a source or something. This is uh, what? Well, logic. Logic is my source on this one. This is Mike Triplett on with Burns and Gambo yesterday. And I think this is important because if this were actually in play, I'm not interested in Sean Payton. But I, I feel like there's, there's a way you could Give the Saints compensation, we've had this conversation before, that is your second round pick, which is going to be 34 overall this year because there's only 31 picks in the first round. Or it's your first round pick next year. It's some combination of things. I'm not giving up the number three overall pick for a coach in New Orleans, I would assume, knows that. And here's Mike Triplett saying that. I think it's going to be a first round pick, or at least what the Saints are sort of saying is the price of admission here is. A first-round pick or the equivalent of a first-round pick if you've got to package some picks together on a trade chart to to make it a first-round pick plus a little more. So okay. uh, I don't think they're demanding a third pick overall from Arizona. Uh, but maybe if they want Arizona's first next year, then it would also cost a second and third or something something along those lines. Yeah. I, you know, I, I've heard that they didn't even 
you know, set the it's these exact picks when they talk to teams, but but I bet it would have to to add up to something like the 15th pick on a trade chart. Okay, now I'm pulled back into the Sean Payton thing because if there was any talk of it really being the third overall pick, that is overpaying for somebody because nobody else is offering the third overall pick for Sean Payton because nobody else has yeah. the third overall pick. Listen, I've been back and forth on this. I really have. I apologize, Basinonians. I've been riding the fence uh, with a pair of chaps, nothing but chaps, riding the fence right now. And it's becoming a little painful on this. And I'm off that fence now. I really am. I want a defensive-minded head coach. I think that's really, really important. I want a defensive-minded head coach for the Arizona Cardinals. That's what I'm hoping for, to get that kind of separation. And I've been talking about this for weeks, speculating on it for weeks. But to get that kind of separation, I think, is very, very important. Not only that, a defensive-minded coach is going to work with a bunch of young guns on the defensive side of the ball. Guys like Isaiah Simmons. Would you say the Cardinals have a lot invested into the success of Isaiah Simmons? Zaven Collins, the same thing. Marco Wilson, the edge guy or a three technique you might pick up with pick number three. Young guys that you need to develop. And not only that. Defensive-minded coaches also, they focus more on the physicality of the game. They do. They, they just do. Where offensive-minded coaches, they focus more on the end result, the what you guys did. What? what did it work or did it not? Defensive-minded coaches, Basin Orleans, they tend to focus a lot more on the how you're going to do it. And it starts on the line of scrimmage. On both sides of the ball. It starts on the line of scrimmage. It goes to the second level. And then it goes to the secondary. Which is really the third level. You got my point. The tertiary? The tertiary. But they call it the second. Obviously. But the second level, of course, is the inside. And guess who's inside? Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, and Isaiah, if it's a defensive-minded coach, that's where you're going. You're going to weak side, inside. You're going to light it See, up that, there. No matter what happens, I'm intrigued by the idea of Dan Quinn coaching Isaiah Simmons. Yes. No matter w- where they end up going, but that specific pairing. And if you want to throw Will Anderson in there, too, well, then let's just have a party on defense. Dan Quinn coaching a defense with Will Anderson, Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons, Buda Baker, Zach Allen. All of a sudden, you have a strength on one side of the football that I think is a little more dependable than apparently the offense was uh, as viewed as a strength going into last season. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. DeAndre Ayton, he's played three games in 17 days. Should we be reading anything into that? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome, my brothers, to the Wolf and Luke Show, broadcasting so you don't have to. You know, I never really truly knew what the song was about, and I figured it out yesterday. You didn't know what this song this was is about? angry chair. It's about that chair back there, <laughs> where if you sit on it, the third chair in the studio leans too far forward. You gotta have the furrowed brow as you sit in that chair, though, Make with a little like hunch leaning forward. Non-adjustable chair. Who makes Square the jaw, chair? by the way, while you do it. 
We had, a, we had to put a tag on that, the angry, angry chair. chair. <laughs> be awesome. Do it. Let's just, just start doing things to the studio that the other shows don't I love understand. it, man. We're taking it over, man. Right, Let's gonna, do that. I'm just going gonna, gonna to print that out during the break. Just put angry chair on it. I mean, it should be. It speaks for itself. You can't sit in the chair. It That's right. you forward. <laughs> All right. Anyway. That was the whole first segment of the show for me yesterday. Uh, DeAndre Ayton. Heard of him? Yeah. They've been winning these games. DA's only been in there for one of them. He's been out with the non-COVID illness. Um, Boy, that's mysterious, isn't it? The non-COVID illness. That's about as vague as when hockey teams say somebody has an upper body injury. Yes, it is right there. When I think of the non-COVID illness, I think of like the flu, right? I think of that. That's what I... Could be anything. It could be anything. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's like saying uh, he has a non-ankle injury. Okay, well, what is it? It could be anything else. <laughs> it just sounds so weird right now. And I was thinking about this last night, brothers, that DeAndre Ayton has played in three games since the 8th of January. He's only played in three games. Today is January 25th. Yeah, they've, they've played some games in there. He's played in three games over the last 17 days, DeAndre Ayton. So what are you saying? Uh, I, I'm not saying anything. Well, you know me. I, I mean, you are the conspiracy theorist uh, uh, of all conspiracies. So it really is. It's so true. I, I don't trust man. I trust God, Basinonians. I don't trust man whatsoever and because of that men come up with schemes plans you're scheming every day Luke offensive schemes game plans yeah <laughs> life plans and schemes of course um yeah that's just me and I'm thinking he's played in three games in the last 17 days is there something that is approaching right now is there anything that is approaching that you would be concerned about if, in fact, you were going to deal a DeAndre Aiden, um, would you have him playing in every game? Let me say this, okay? Let me just get to where you're going. Sure. If you had said to me before the start of the season, January 15th is going to hit, yeah. and the trade deadline is February 9th, and DA is going to mysteriously start missing games, Yeah. back in September, I would have said, all right, something's up. Yeah. I'm trying to move him. I don't feel that way now. I think it really is a non-COVID illness, which again rules out one thing in the entire world. I, th- I think he's going to be back yeah. here soon. But well, that's what they say. They, I, they do say I, that yeah. Thursday he's got a real chance of playing. Against Dallas, by the way. Anybody yes. that hasn't looked ahead on the schedule, oh, things are going great. Four yes. wins in a row, it's going to be Dallas here tomorrow. Yes. Luca. You know, I, I Lock just... Lock him out of the arena. Once again, and based on earnings, as I say this, too, and, and we speculate about it, and it's one of the reasons why I hate the speculation that goes along with this. Yet it is part of this job. When you sit in this chair, this is what it's about. When you sit in this studio, the sports world out there is about speculation so much of the time. Um, speculating on an individual, though, and his health, hopefully it, DeAndre Ayton is going to be fine. The reports are that he should play tomorrow. Yeah, I think he's going to be back either Dallas or San Antonio. So, so again, games. yeah, we're, we're, it's nothing serious, his health issue, and that's why I feel okay speculating on it. But he's played in three games, once again, in 17 days. Do you still, because I know a couple weeks ago we had this conversation, and my stance was, I'm not sure, I don't think DeAndre Ayton's here in two years. 
unless things change, unless they go on a run in the playoffs. I, mean, I remember saying this a couple weeks ago. This this year's playoffs are going to really determine. I, I think he's here through this year, and I think things get interesting this offseason depending on how this season ends. I think yeah. that, that that's such a big variable that that's really all you can say, unless you think he's going to be dealt before the trade deadline. And a few weeks ago, you thought that was a real possibility. Do you still do you still think that way? I do. Really? I really do. This is yeah. the weird stuff that you end up being right on. Well, you know, not all the time. You know me. I, I play a hunch as well as anybody know, in the but world. A lot of times when you say stuff and I'm like, whoa, he it's... doesn't know this one. Then that ends up coming true. Uh, okay, I know. But uh, can I just say this, Basinonians, in regard to DeAndre Ayton, whom I really do respect? He's an awesome talent. He's a great talent. He goes out there and and, and puts up double-doubles like they're going out of style. He's going to put 20 and 10 on the board half asleep. And that's what he looks like to me sometimes. And see, that is the problem. I just know from my own experience inside a locker room what that's like when you got a guy who's, whose performance is inconsistent, ladies and gentlemen. It is. You know what that's like at work. If you've got somebody who you know is capable of doing so much more at work, wherever you may work, my brothers, you know that guy. And, and ultimately, he can't do it. On a daily basis, for whatever reason. Right at me when you said that. No, I did not. You know, I did not look at you, but you get it. This is what I'm. What does that do to your workforce, your workplace? What does it do when you find that guy? Why? Why can't you do this every day? You you constantly have to be on somebody to get them to do their job when they're capable fully of doing it and doing it well. And yet you've got a right. How does that ultimately make you feel about that person? It's very, very hard, my brothers. It is to respect somebody who doesn't bring their work ethic and talent to work every day. So I'll ask you, do you understand what I'm talking about? When maybe there's an issue inside the son's locker room, not an issue that is causing problems. But maybe there's an issue where guys, like his teammates, look at him and think, man, if I had your talent, I'd be an all-star every year. If I had your talent, I'd use it every night. If I had your, ta- if I had your talent, it becomes an issue inside a locker room when you've got one of the most talented, if not the most talented players that can't bring it every night. It impacts everyone else around that player. That's bad. I, I still, I still think your your best shot this year is get everybody healthy, trade Jay Crowder, and go for it. I don't know that making a big trade right now is going to be your answer. But the one thing I will say that works in favor of what you've been saying, and I always come back to this: James Jones didn't draft DeAndre Ayton. He's not. He's not tied to that pick the way another guy would be. And I say that more so in that I think a trade of DeAndre Ayton is a real possibility this offseason or next year, depending on how these playoffs go. If they go on another run, I mean, then I think you keep it together. But there's going to be change anyway with Chris Paul eventually. So I I just I think that the the fact that James Jones didn't draft him is always in the back of my mind when we're talking big picture with DA. And I think everything that we've seen this entire offseason and up until this point right now, Basinonians, everything that we have seen has been an attempt to get his attention. For him to show that he can do something different than what we've seen for the last four years. 
All right, we come back. What does Monty Austin Ford have to do as the Cardinals general manager? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back to the show as we keep an eye on what might possibly be going on with any of these coaching searches. Talking a little uh, Monty Austin Ford here, Wolf. Because yes. it feels like he's been on the job forever. He got hired, uh, what, like nine days ago? Nine? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was ten. Okay, well, ten. We'll okay. give it ten. Okay, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> His press conference. So I was right on something? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just giving it to you. Okay. His press conference, I believe, was last Tuesday, wasn't it? Today's Wednesday. Yeah. Okay, so whatever. Okay. Eight. Just details. We're okay. both wrong. <laughs> That's just um, so bad. So either way, he's uh, he's been here for a week-ish. Right. And now it feels like he's like the vet in that he's front He's kind of like Matty-ish. Matty-ish. Yes. Uh, so when you look at this now, what what is your, your number one priority for him? For who? For Matt, Matt Monty Austin Ford. Monty, okay. Not Matt Austin Ford. I, well, okay, so I just want to make sure you weren't talking we about Matt Ishby. No, no, we, we'll get back into that conversation. By the way, in case people are just joining us, he, that deal is supposed to be, he's supposed to officially be the owner in about two weeks. The trade deadline is two weeks and one day. Yeah, it's, it's really, really cool, man. Um, first of all, can I just get the table set here based on what you heard Jed Fish actually say about Monty Austin Ford yesterday? Did you happen to hear that? Yes. Did you, do you have I, that even, I even listen at your disposal, despite the fact that he's U of A's head coach. Because I kind of like Jed Fish. Okay? Yeah, I know. So I got a couple cuts here. It's Jed Fish on with Burns again, yeah. yesterday talking about Monty Austin Fort. Be a professional in how you act. Be a professional in what you do. Be a pro in how you speak to others. Be a pro, and if this is your responsibility, do it. And I think uh, I think that's what's good for us. But clearly, I'm sure Monty's going to bring in a uh, unbelievable attention to detail on how to build a roster. And uh, really, he's going to do a fantastic job at Arizona. Man, I love that right there. Because as I listen to Jed Fish, I think of Bill Belichick and what he used to say, be a pro. To me, when I hear be a pro, it's about doing your job and the unbelievable attention to detail that Bill Belichick, I, I cannot tell you how many times he would knock on the door and open the door to our running backs room and come in and say, all right, guys, this this guy that we're playing against right here, this inside linebacker, this is the way you've got to approach him, right down to the detail of how to beat him on a route. He was so detail-oriented. Interestingly enough, he was never looking at me as he was saying this. He was looking at everyone else in the room but me. But you get my point. He was so detail-oriented. And that's what I think of when I listen to Jed Fish talking about Monty Austin Fort and what he's going to bring. Well, Jed Fish has ties to the Patriots, too. He was there for some of the time that Monty Austin Fort was there. They know each other all the way back to when they were in the Houston Texans organization like 21 years ago. So there are some ties between Jed Fish and Monty Austin Fort. Here's more from Fish on with Burns and Gambo yesterday. So when I saw that he was hired in Arizona, um, I thought that was just an awesome way to once again reconnect, open up our doors in Tucson to him. And uh, let him know that, hey, uh, you have a, a home away from home. You want a Pac-12 school to hang out at, hang out here. You want games to go to, come here. And uh, we want to make sure that we're open 
uh, with everybody there at the Cardinals organization. All right, Jed, calm down. He doesn't need to go to U of A Wildcats games, but I appreciate the sentiment. I wasn't even going to play that cut, and you played it. Well, right it was there. there. That's enough out of you, Jed. Thank you. <laughs> we got what we needed you from got, you, Jed. You got your You had me seconds. until that right there. Um, what is it that Monty Austin Ford has got to do, Basinonians? Well, you know what? First of all, you got to train your scouting department, right? That would be the first thing that I could see him doing. And when I think of training the scouting department that is there, it's just a new way of doing things when I say training. It's not like they're going to teach them differently how to be a scout. But there will be protocols, I would imagine, well, that are different. Yeah, let's, let's pause on this for a second because this is extremely important. Importance. You've got the third pick in the draft. Okay, yes. I could probably make that pick for you. Realistically, I could walk up there and say Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, whichever one's left. Yes, I wouldn't trust you. Though. Well, yeah, I'd walk up there and, and say like Fletcher Cox or something like I did yesterday, and say the wrong name. <laughs> but the reality is, if you're going to trade that pick, then everything you're doing hinges on hey, we're going to stockpile picks. Well, if you're stockpiling a bunch of picks and you miss on those picks, what a waste. Just take the sure thing and Will Anderson or Jalen Carter as close to a sure thing as you're going to get in the NFL draft. And again, I'll keep saying this. Your first pick in the second round is almost like a first round pick. Yeah. It's, it's 34 overall, and you yeah. got, I mean, you're going to pick high in every round. So, this, you cannot, whoever the GM is, and now we know who it is, but how many times did yeah, we but, say this? You can't be missing on your draft picks. Yeah. Just, you know what? They're, they're sitting in the catbird seat, the Arizona Cardinals, right now. And I know this isn't exactly what we wanted to get out of this beautiful part of the program, but number three sounds really, really good, especially because the Bears. I don't see the Bears. <laughs> I don't see the. I see the Bears taking a player. That's what I see them yeah. doing, taking a player, and it's going to be probably Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. That's who I see them. Not Bryce Young. No, not CJ Stroud. And the Cardinals got to know ahead of time and what that, the Bears are going to do. They have to figure that out. That kicks one of those quarterbacks down to number three, yep. and that's where you could get a gold mine. But isn't that sort of? Isn't that right? The 49ers and what happened up there. Three John first, Lynch. Three firsts and a second. Three. Trey Lance. I think that's what, what it was. That? Oh, oh man, my goodness. Horrible. That is brutal. It's bad enough that we keep referencing it, even though they're in the uh, NFC Championship. But uh, no, there, there's something to that, right? If you're the Cardinals, you got to know what the Bears are going to do on draft night before draft night. Sure. Because otherwise, you're in a position where you're either like, oh, the Bears took Carter. Uh, we could trade this pick. What do you get? You got like twenty minutes to scramble and make a great offer, or the Bears made a trade, and then you're like, okay, we got Carter or Will Anderson. Is this what we're going to do? We're going to go for it? Yeah. Like you need to kind of know that going in. I, I think that'll be something Monty Ossenfort knows, Michael Bidwell knows, and David Sears knows. I think it's going to be that close to the vest as to what they're going to do with that pick. If I'm Monty Austin for it, you don't want anybody, you don't want any information getting out. Why would you provide any aid, comfort, and shelter to anybody else? You wouldn't. You don't want information provides that to other people. You don't want that information getting out. I think they're going to play it very close to the vest. But training the scouting department in your protocols and your procedures and what you value in a player, that's what they're going to have to do. And that's going to be David Sears. That's what he's going to do, I think. And then you've got to hire a head coach. And we'll get more into detail the next time we talk about this. You've got to help hire that head coach's staff, coaching staff. Implement those protocols. Scout your team. Who do you want back? You've got to scout your team. Once you get everything set, you've got to get 
you got to figure out who's coming back. Who do you want back on this roster, and who do you not? Okay. And then you got to focus on the draft. I want to go back to what you said about head coach, because we have a Sean Payton update, and I don't even know what it is, but Maloney has it. So, Aaron? Arizona Sports. Sean Payton. Update. Update. When this all started, the assumption was as soon as Sean Payton decides where he's going to go, then everyone else will know where they're going to go, and then the coaching searches will resume from there. It's now reached a different point. And if you go through the different places that Sean Payton has interviewed, it does not seem like a second interview is coming with any of those places. First of all, the Carolina Panthers were interviewed, where he already interviewed, have Frank Reich uh, and Steve Wilkes, along with Kellen Moore, in for second-slash-first interview there. That seems to be the list as of now. You have the Denver Broncos who seem to be focusing their attention elsewhere. Not saying he's out, but they do seem to be focusing elsewhere. You have the Houston Texans who have not yet requested a second interview with Sean Payton. And then he's going to the Arizona Cardinals for a first interview. That is going to be tomorrow, assuming they get through the Dan Quinn interview and make no moves today. So what am I saying, Mike Garofolo? I'm saying that as of right now, it does not seem like there is a place for Sean Payton, we'll see, but it does not seem like there is a place in the coaching world right now. Well, Lottie freaking die. Back to Fox. Um, boy, blindsided on that one right there. It's kind of what we were saying yesterday, though, or at least what I was saying. There's at least a percentage chance here that's like a significant. It's not 2%. I would say it's, well, now after hearing that, it's probably up to like 30, 35%. That he just goes back to Fox and we go through this all again next year. Not with the Cardinals, but with a whole new set of teams. More on this as the show unfolds. He absolutely could still be the head coach of the Broncos in an hour. Too. That's very much on the... Uh, well, maybe not an hour because the Cardinals have that uh, meeting scheduled with him tomorrow. Uh, all right, coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.